How about now? Ooh. Hey there, future fans. Oh, that was an interesting opening right there, wasn't it? Well, I have had a lot of trouble in the past hour trying to start recording, and I... You know, I just blame the new cats. It's somehow their fault, but I have everything working and that was the first test where I got sound again. So it was Anne's idea and I decided to keep it in because as a celebration, I'm going, yes, I am back on the air. I figured it out and I don't even really know what I did. But anyway, let's get started with the show. This week, room gets fishy. We say our Hail Marys and we kill a lot of cartel members. This is is the week of September 7th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 103 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Like I said, uh, I th- for a while I thought there wasn't going to be an episode this week because there's a lot of stuff going on. First, I couldn't hear myself talking through the soundboard, and then once I got that fixed, then the soundboard wasn't communicated with the communicating with the computer, and I can't afford to get a new soundboard. Well, I mean, I could, but then we'd be eating you know do- dollar store food for a while. I mean, it's not the worst. But I'm happy to say. I am back with episode 103. It may even be on time this week. We will see. We'll see if I can do that. But either way, this episode will come out. Well, uh, of course it will, because you're listening to this. And if it doesn't come out, then no one will ever hear that I said that. So either way, it's a win-win. So let's get done with the housekeeping so we can get on with the show. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Let's use some logic. That means I am Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that comes out during the week, though I start it all off with the news and any new trailers that have uh, caught my eye during the past week. Then we break the movies into two sections. First, the limited releases and indies I don't care about, and then the wide releases and interesting indies. In the first part of the movies, I just give you the basic premise and who's in it. Sometimes I'll say a couple words on it. But then in the wide releases and interesting indies, I'll give the premise, who's in it, and then talk a little more about it and then also give it a rating. The rating is called the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. And that score can go anywhere from a 0 for those terrible, terrible films to an 11 for those films that turn it up that extra notch. There's also a pick of the week, which means that if you see a movie this week, it should be the pick of the week. And then we wrap it all up with a question of the week, which you have a chance to answer anytime you want, basically. If you want to answer a question of the week from like three weeks ago, do it, and I will read your answer on the air. Normally, the answers come from within this household, thus me and my wife. Uh, We'll sometimes get some from my friends, and then we'll get some from my other friends, my two most loyal listeners, Brian Q and Frat Matt. Sometimes my friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and the Watch Your Mouth Podcast will chime in, but um, there's always time for you to chime in. There's always time for you to answer. So just, just keep that in mind. So how do you find this show? That is a great question. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. 
I am doing a blogs again. I'm doing more blogs. So please read those. I just did one a couple weeks ago about the darkest minds. I read the book and then I did one for the movie, the Belko experiment, which I thought was really good, but please check out my review on the somewhat nerdy website. Hi, Leah. I have a cat or had, there she went. I had a cat laying on the cables under my desk. What is with cat and cats and just f***ing with stuff like that? I mean, all these cables are sitting here and, you know, they're pushed to the side, but they will find them and then play with them and then lay on them. I really need to find some way to get rid of that or to, to clean them up. But anyway, yes, um, you can also get in contact with me through Gmail, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. If you ever see someone with the handle BilliamSWN somewhere, it's probably me. Say hi. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud and up to the minute comment on SoundCloud. Well, let us step into the first segment, which as always is the news. Uh, This is old news, but hopefully it's new to most of you because it was new to me when I read it yesterday. The movie based on the scary stories to tell in the dark has lost Guillermo del Toro as director. Instead, the Hellboy and Pan's Labyrinth director has stepped away from the chair but is staying on as producer and was a co-writer. The new director is Andre Ovridal. Ovridal, I believe, yes. Andre Ovridal, who did Troll Hunter and the autopsy of Jane Doe. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark has a November 7th, 2019 tentative release date. Deadline reports that a Wild E. Coyote movie is in the works, and it's been written by John and Josh Silberman, not Silverman, Silberman, writers for Living Biblically and Border Town. Not much is known about this movie yet, except that it's going to take place in an Acme warehouse, and a suggested title is Coyote vs. Acme. This will be an animated film, and there's no set release date yet. Glenn Ficarra and John Requa are rumored to be directors, and you'd only know them if you watch the the show This Is Us or the movie Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Collider has reported that people will watch movies with Asians in them. That's crazy, right? It's crazy rich Asians to be exact. It has crossed the 100 million worldwide mark and is only the fourth film of 2018 to win the box office three weekends in a row, and it's the only non-blockbuster to make the list. In a brand new story that just dropped, Die Hard 6's title is McLean. This is the same movie that had been previously titled Die Hard Year One and will simultaneously feature Bruce Willis as a 60-year-old John McClane and a younger incarnation of McClane in his 20s. The studio got the script in July and Len Wiseman was set to direct or is set to direct. So more news on that as it develops. And finally in the news, The Guardian is reporting that director Joe... Joe Russo is my new hero. There's been a lot of talk recently about comic book movies ruining the film industry for smaller movies. Legendary actress Vanessa Redgrave won the Golden Lion Award for Lifetime Achievement in Venice the other day and was quoted as saying, funding is heavily skewed in favor of comic book franchises. Russo said, and I quote, this is just reductionist and it sounds like sour grapes. We have a lot of unsavory elements and reductionist talk around now, and we really don't need any more of that pejorative attitude. Good filmmaking is always about trying to find the emotional truth. Why crap on one major section of the audience because they like fables and react to that kind of storytelling? You f***ing tell them, Joe Russo. You tell those old ass 
where to shove it. But seriously, Vanessa Redgrave is legendary. Well, that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, we have a new trailer for Bad Times at the El Royale, and it looks just as good as it did the first time around. This is the film that stars Jeff Bridges, Nick Offerman, John Hamm, and Chris Hemsworth, and it's written and directed by Drew Goddard, who wrote Cabin in the Woods, and did the screenplay for The Martian. He also directed both films. He's also set to write and direct a Sinister Six movie, but we'll see if that ever moves forward, as I have never heard of it, and that would have been huge news, thus I would have delivered it to you. Bad Times at the El Royale, if you don't remember, is the movie about seven strangers who all get rooms at a secluded hotel on the California-Nevada border, but little do they know, each room can be spied on by the staff who simply follows the order of an unknown boss. This film kind of looks like the If the Hateful Eight and Identity had a really weird baby, and it looks pretty good, and it comes out October 5th. There's another trailer for First Man, the biopic about Neil Armstrong in the first trip to the moon. This film looks really good, and it's directed by Damien Chazelle, who did La La Land and Whiplash, and it stars Ryan Gosling, Jason Clark, and Claire Foy. This is the movie that's been sparking some controversy among Republicans, because apparently it doesn't show Neil Armstrong planting the flag on the moon, and that is some sort of America-hating rhetoric right there. I try to keep my political beliefs out of the show. Um... But this is f***ing stupid. These ass know that stereotypically Democrats are supposed to be the bleeding heart ones, right? Are supposed to be the ones that complain about shit a lot. So why are they taking such a stance against this? Not all of them, mind you. Not all of them. It's just a couple, but uh, enough of them and they're in high enough places of power just for it to take notice. Uh, Johnny English is getting a sequel and we have a first look and I must say, Why? And that's it. Looks terrible. The first film came out 15 years ago. Okay, 15 years ago. And it was made on a budget of $35 million. And it only grossed $28 million in America. Worldwide, it had $160 million, But really, still, is that enough of a gain to warrant a sequel, especially 15 years later? Are we betting on the nostalgia factor of people my age and older who still remember Mr. Bean to enjoy anything from Rowan Atkinson? I like Rowan Atkinson, but this is the wrong time for the movie. It's too late. We have another trailer for The Front Runner. This is the biopic about Gary Hart, who ran for president in 1988, but lost in the Democratic primary to Walter Mondale. Mondale, of course, went on to lose spectacularly to Ronald Reagan, one of the widest margins. Was it even the biggest loss ever? It was either Dewey and Truman? No. Was that, was that it? Some, someone else who knows history and cares to Google let me know. But if I remember right, Reagan versus Mondale was one of the widest margins of a defeat in presidential history. Anyway, so we know how this film is going to end, but what we don't know is what happened leading up to his primary loss because he was a front runner, or, or that is what really happened. Uh, if you remember anything from back then, which I didn't, I had to look it up to remind myself, there was some controversy around Gary Hart that he was having an extramarital affair or something. So we know that much, but we don't know is what really happened. So maybe this will tell us what led up to his primary loss. Also, another thing we don't know is why the f*** would they make a movie about this guy? I would never, ever have picked him. 
Uh, he's done some things of note. He was the vice chair of the Homeland Security Advisory Council under Barack Obama, as well as a special envoy for Northern Ireland. I'm getting all of this from Wikipedia. I did not know any of this. United States Senator from 1975 to 1987 for Colorado. But none of that screams, make a movie about me. And like, unless some like huge shit went down in Northern Ireland during that time. And so they're like, oh, well, here's why we have to make a movie about him. He was involved in this big shit in Northern Ireland, or he was involved in some big shit with the Homeland Security Advisory Council. But no, he uh, had an extramarital affair and got caught with it, and it sunk him in the primary. That That's it. Is that all it takes to get a movie to be made about you now is just being a scumbag? Because we then we're going to see a lot of politician biopics, because those people are scoundrels. I talk about documentaries a lot, and I know this. I, I never skip them on the show because I think maybe, just maybe, one of you, my beautiful future fans, may just have interest in the topic. When I have one that strikes a chord with me, I, I get really excited and routinely put it in the wide releases and interesting indie section. But that being said, we have a documentary coming out about science fairs. And I didn't think I'd be interested at all, but I watched the trailer and I am pumped for this like this is not just any science fair it's not going to go to some podunk city and go oh this is the you know john wilkes booth elementary science fair out of all the people i could have picked to name a school after john wilkes booth was the first one to come to mind oh my god not abraham lincoln no 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 john wilkes booth <laughs> you well it fits he was an actor right that kind of fits with the show but anyway this one looks really good. This is about the world finale or world championship or whatever they call it of the science fair. So these are kids that are way smarter than you and me. Well, way, at least way smarter than me. I don't know how smart you are, but at least smarter than my ass and kids that could theoretically change the world. The kids that that rich people and and different businesses and all these things will take note of. And they're doing these huge experiments that could change the world. But you know what? I'm over 21 and can drink so they can suck it. But no, that's just me being jealous of their smartness. Though, I, I digress. Th this looks like a good documentary and shows us how important it can be if you get really good at this. And finally in the trove, we have a trailer for a film called I Think We're Alone Now, starring Peter Dinklage and Al Fanning. This is about a lone guy who survives the apocalypse and is happily alone because he hates people. He's happily alone until he meets a young woman who also survived, though she carries with her a terrible secret. What bugs me about this trailer is that it features the name of the director like she's big shit or something. Near the end of the trailer, words pop on the screen. It says from director Reed Morano, and she's nobody. Uh, all she's done is some TV and won an, one Emmy for an episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Like, that's it. And why is it only indie movies that do this? Why is that? It's not like when The Meg was coming out. They say, from acclaimed director John Turtletob. You know, a lot of you have probably seen one of John Turtletob's movies, but you probably don't know who the f*** he is until I tell you he was a director of Phenomenon, director of Cool Runnings, While You Were Sleeping, Three Ninjas, Driving Me Crazy, Last Vegas, movies like that. But no, if, if it was an indie film, then it would have thrown his name up there like it matters. And that has nothing to do with this film besides the fact that it bothers me. This actually looks really good. It, it promises a lot of mystery. Like, what is it that this woman knows? And why is it that she's dangerous? Like, it implies that something she did may have caused something. Or she knows something really big, something earth-shattering. 
do I really want to see this? This has a September 21st release date. And there's actually one more thing I want to mention. It's for a movie that's already out. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can already watch it for free. There is this short movie, about 29 minutes, that looks really interesting called The Manual. And it's about this guy who was raised by a robot in a post-apocalyptic, post I, I don't know why I can't speak tonight, post-apocalyptic world where he's the only person and he's been raised by this robot who believes in this religion called the manual. And it's not like some superhuman looking robot. It just has a basic shape of a person, but like obviously robot status. And it takes place when he's already in a middle-aged dude and he's starting to question everything. And so he wants to test one of the manual's key beliefs. And the manual says that after you die, you go to a world, basically it describes some sort of heaven where you, where you will be reborn. So he wants to go test that. It looks interesting. And best of all, if you have Amazon Prime, which you really should, you really should have Amazon Prime. And if you do, you can watch this for free right now. Well, that is it for the trove and the news. As always, if I have missed something, is there, if there is something that has slipped past me, Slip past my eagle eyes. Something huge. Let me know. But let us listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, and then we will come back with the limited releases. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with the limited releases, and we're going to start with a movie called The Big Take. Douglas Brown is a movie star who is being blackmailed by someone he doesn't know. He calls his agent, who calls a private detective, who looks into it. What the detective finds is an aspiring writer-director who believes the sudden attention he's getting is because Brown wants to make his movie. This stars Eben Moss Bacharach from The Punisher, Zoe Bell from Oblivion, Robert Forster from Jackie Brown, and Dan Hedaya from Night of the Roxbury. This movie looks interesting. It looks like if... Some unknown person wanted to make a Coen Brothers-style movie and couldn't quite get it. That That's the feeling I get from the big take. Next up is a movie called God Bless the Broken Road. Amber loses her husband while he's deployed overseas. In turn, she loses her faith in God and her life takes a dark turn where she's in danger of losing her home and her daughter. Her life changes when she meets a handsome race car driver, the slut, as well as one of her deceased husband's former squad mates who reminds her of her of his faith in God. This stars Jordan Sparks from American Idol. And yes, folks, we, we have another movie that should only be shown in megachurches because it just panders to the super Christian megachurch crowd. And I feel safe saying things like that because you probably don't listen to my show if you're that type of person. Because like I say, every time I believe in God, I am a Christian, but I hate these movies because they're just pandering bullshit. They are weak stories with bad acting, with a plot that is barely held together, and they just 
put it together with this glue called you love god you'll watch this it's just nonsense don't watch it the next film we have is a british thriller called winter ridge a young detective is torn apart after his wife ends up in a coma while he's hunting a serial killer at the same time this could have been cool and it may still be a good movie but the trailer just didn't really make that much sense like i i got some of it but it was jumping around so much that if i didn't read the synopsis off imdb i, I would have been so confused but right now it just seems like a movie that tries way too hard and doesn't pull it off we have another film actually we have three more films in the indie section and the limited release section the next one is called bisbee 17. bisbee is an old mining town on the arizona mexico border 100 years ago they violently deported over 1200 immigrants from the town after the mine shut down and now they stage a reenaction of their controversial past uh, this is a documentary in in the sense that it's really happening like this town that today like the people that live there now aren't these sort of hateful hillbilly people now that the people who currently live there they're like oh maybe we should acknowledge this shit that happened 100 years ago so they're reenacting this and it's considered a documentary two more movies left in this section the next one is called the apparition or La apparition. a journalist is sent by the vatican to investigate a young girl who claims she was visited by the virgin mary so in my hometown we have a tree that has a plaque on it because back in the late 80s someone believed they saw the virgin mary on the tree and so they put a plaque there to commemorate it well in this movie instead of a plaque they kind of worship the girl in this city so they they start putting her picture on everything on those candles that the catholics burn and on little postcards and posters and stuff like that they just have her dressed up like the virgin mary praying and so this guy has to go investigate this so see in my hometown we keep it low key these people uh, went off the deep end but with this movie the question is was she really visited what's going on is it a scam is it a haunting what what is it we don't know there's only one way to find out and you have to watch this french movie to do so and finally on the list or at least in the limited section is a film called Mara. Kate Fuller is assigned to the murder of a young man who was strangled in his sleep and the only witness is his eight-year-old daughter. As Kate investigates, she uncovers the mystery of an ancient demon that kills people in their sleep. This stars Olga Kurlenko from Quantum of Solace and Javier Botet from It. And what a f***ing stupid name. So this ancient demon that kills people is a Mara. Ooh. Do you hear about that other demon named Candace? Ooh, a stupid name. Anyway, this this doesn't look terrible. It just doesn't look that good. It's it, this woman like marks this demon woman marks people in their sleep, and they get this little blood mark on, on under their eye that you have to pull down the lid to see, and then she strangles you in your sleep, and she kind of looks like like the Sadako from The Ring. So this seems like some sort of weird marriage between like the conjuring and the ring, but not nearly as cool as something like that should be. So that's why I didn't make it to the wide releases or interesting indies. Well, that is it for the first segment of the show. Let us take a break and listen to a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? 
you should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomeoneNerdy.com. All right, we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies. There are only three of them this week. Three movies, so let's get into it. The first is called Cold Skin. A young man is set to be the new weather observer at a lighthouse near the Antarctic Circle. During his first night on the island, he learns that with the night comes creatures from the sea who want to get into the lighthouse. The young man learns that the crazy old lighthouse keeper has a female creature held captive who he keeps in line through abuse and sexual assault. The young weather observer must make a decision. Does he side with the keeper who could help him stay safe, or does he help the young creature? This stars David Oakes from Victoria and Ray Stevenson from Thor. All right, normally I don't mention sexual assault in the in the premise for movies. Uh, the only reason I did is because it, it took me by surprise. Because when I when I saw the first trailer for this movie, I was pretty interested. Um, it looked cool. It looked like one of those movies that you'd see after school on a Saturday. One of those creature feature type things, like these like. Shape of Water-esque creature from the Black Lagoon things coming out of the ocean, attacking this lighthouse, and this kid has to stay, or this guy has to stay alive with the help of this crazy old man. Then in the latest trailer, it shows him having sex with the creature, and it's heavily implied that it's non-consensual. And that just creeped me the f*** out, because you know how I feel about sex and nudity in movies. It is rarely warranted. Rarely warranted. And especially rape in movies because it's it's usually used as easy shock value or as an easy way to get you to hate a character. And let's let's ignore the moral side of this and just look at it as lazy storytelling. So at the best, at its best, it is lazy storytelling. At the worst, it is lazy storytelling and immoral. It, it is just not needed in these movies and it does nothing but take away from it so that is why this movie quickly went from one that i wanted really wanted to see to one that i will probably skip the only reason it made it into the wide releases and interesting indie section the only reason is because a lot of you may not have the same hang-ups i do and so for you this could be a very interesting movie to see for me i'm going to 100 skip this but I have to hand it to them. This is an interesting idea. I mean, the creature design, nothing interesting about. We've seen it before. We've seen the creature from Black Lagoon. We've seen Abe Sapien. We've seen whatever the f*** that was in The Shape of Water. But the movie itself has a lot of possibly cool things about it. So for a lot of you, this could be a movie you should put on your list of movies to be watched. But for me, I have to give Cold Skin a 3 out of 11. We have two movies left in the wide releases and interesting indie section. So the next film and the one that surprisingly didn't make it as my pick of the week, this really surprised me, was The Nun. A priest with a haunted past and a novice on the threshold of her final vows are sent by the Vatican to investigate the death of a young nun in Romania and confront a malevolent force in the form of a demonic nun. This stars Damien Bichir from The Hateful Eight, Tysa Farmiga from American Horror Story, and Bonnie Ahrens from The Conjuring 2, who also played the nun there. Yay! So if you've been listening for a while, you know why I'm really surprised this wasn't my pick of the week. This takes place in The Conjuring-verse, a name that they put 100% no thought into, but um, still a universe I really like and my favorite horror universe that being said there's a better looking movie coming out this week one that i want to see even more and 
that uh, really shouldn't take away from the nun because I still think it looks really good as a horror. I think that this will have more jump scares than we're used to from a Conjuring verse movie because they've always had them. But from the ones that are more heavily influenced by James Wan, they really do a good job of setting a sense of dread. Well, this one is directed by Corin Hardy, a gentleman that I know nothing about. I've never seen any of his movies. He's done a lot of video short, mainly video shorts. He's only done one full-length movie called The Hollow that came out in 2015. Let's see what that's about, okay? The Hollow, a family who moved into a remote mill house in Ireland, finds themselves in a fight for survival with demonic creatures living in the woods. Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. I don't see why not, but they they pick this no-name guy to direct this, which is cool. I mean, we got to find the new cool director somehow, right? But that being said, I can't make the same guarantees and I can from for a James Wan film. But still, I think this is going to be good because if you remember a news story I said a while back, um, James Wan did shoot a few scenes in it. He was a second unit director or something in this. I don't know what the actual term is, but he came in and did some and did direct some scenes for The Nun. And he did do the main story, so this is going to be a reliable movie and also a very easy one to say if you want to see it or not. Have you seen the other movies in The Conjuring Verse? Have you liked them? If you have, definitely see this. Don't even think about it. Watch it. If you have not, don't start here. You won't appreciate it. I mean, I think it would be able to stand alone, just like I think Annabelle can stand alone. But I think it would do a lot better if you see the other movies. You'll appreciate it even more, and it'll just add more to the movie. So if you've never seen any of these movies... I highly suggest watching The Conjuring, then The Conjuring 2, and then you can watch all the spinoffs. You can watch the Annabelle movies, and then you can watch this. And if you don't like horror movies, then pass this up 100% and check out my pick of the week. Though, no matter what, I think my pick of the week would be a better film to see in theaters, and I think The Nun would be great to watch at home. The Nun gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, this week, we have a film that I forgot was coming out this week. I, I, re I really did, but I want to see it, and I want to see a, a lot. I'm excited for it, and that's why The Nun was knocked out of what I thought would have been first place. That film is called Peppermint. Riley North loses her husband and daughter in a drive-by shooting. The gang members who commit the crime get off because they're part of a notorious drug cartel with deep pockets and important people on their payroll. She disappears for years and returns on the anniversary of her family's murder to get revenge and kill everyone involved, from the gang members to the corrupt cops and judges. This stars Jennifer Garner from Alias, John Gallagher Jr. from Belco Experiment, John Ortiz from Fast and Furious 6, Annie Ilonze, I think is how you say it, from Arrow, and rapper Method Man. And you know what? This is a revenge movie, and I f***ing love revenge movies, especially when they're done well. This seems just like it seems like you took John Wick and you just put Jennifer Garner in the place, and it looks awesome. So we have Jennifer Garner, who has been awesome for a long time, took a break for a while, and has come back. She came back and did some one one of those Christian movies that I I that just bother me so much, as you all know. But now she's doing this. I'm saying, f yeah, do more of this. Make Jennifer Garner the new big action star. I would watch it. You know, like once Liam Neeson did Taken, he seemed to get a ton of those like badass, I'm going to fucking kill you movies. And just like we see currently with Keanu Reeves, ever since he did John Wick, we remembered, oh yeah, he's badass. Let's put him in more shit. 
So now do this with Jennifer Garner. Let's re remember that she is good. Let's give her more roles. Let's make her badass. This film looks really good and it looks mostly plausible because I can totally see that there's this drive-by shooting that's going to kill innocent people. I can totally see that the people involved were part of a drug cartel who bribed the f out of people. I can see that. The fact that a person then goes into hiding, uh, learns a lot about self-defense and shooting, and then comes back and murders people, you know, that's where the stretch comes in. But still, that's fun to watch. We can watch her kill these people and not feel a thing because we're like, F yeah, these people deserve it. Let's watch these motherfuckers die. I hope they suffered. That's one of the benefits of watching a World War II movie when Nazis are being killed. You're like, yeah, f you Nazi. And and I, I think it's interesting that there are certain groups that we can 100% do that to. Nazis, f you. Gang members and drug cartel people, f you. Terrorists, f them. Like those are the three main groups. Hell, you can you can take Italy and Japan from World War II and go, oh, they're 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 still human. But Nazis, f them. Just like cartel members, f them. And that is what we will see. Uh, the the question now is how happy of an ending can this have? Even if she wins a day, even if she murders every single person involved, even then she still lost her, her daughter and her husband. So it, the most we can hope for, the best case scenario is that she wins a day, she kills all these people, and so there's hope. There's hope that she can find love again, but still live with the scars of her past. That is the best case worst case she dies and doesn't complete that but this is a big movie this is a wide release if this was a if this was a low budget indie then that could have been a possibility i mean even with a big studio film that's still a possibility but they tend to do it less the ending i think we're gonna get is somewhere in the middle where she may kill all of them but maybe she won't get caught maybe one of the cops following her will take pity on her go you know what go you've done good work and then they'll make up some excuse so then maybe she lives a fight another day okay maybe she becomes the equalizer there we go let's have her survive this and then turn it into like a two or three movie series just like what they're gonna do with the equalizer yeah okay that's what i want now the great thing is that we've seen movies like this before they're not new there's very little they can do that will be new but the good thing is that these are that these are reliable movies the people who like them know they're going to like them and the cat is in the bookcase i'll be right back all right i'm back so um the cat got onto the second shelf of the bookcase and wedged herself in between the top of the book and the bottom of the next shelf. So that was pretty fun. And to get out, instead of jumping, she kind of fell. And then luckily, because she's a cat, landed on her feet. So that's an update in my life. Let's move on. So yes, you already know if this is going to be your type of movie. You know if you like movies like John Wick, like The Equalizer, like, uh, oh, what was Tara G.P. Henson's one? Uh, Proud Mary, I think. You know if you like these. And for me, I know I love them. I can't wait to see Jennifer Garner kick ass. Peppermint gets a 9 out of 11. And with that, let's take a final break and listen to a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Buck. Yeah, <laughs> 
did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we are back with the question of the week. So to refresh your memories, let me reiterate the question. The question was, you can go back in time and change one thing about a movie. What do you change? So we got an answer from Brian Q. Brian Q says... Well, he said a few things. First of all, actually, I want to mention that he um, he didn't officially change his answer to last week's question about who your favorite Muppet is. He just made a he just made a joke. He said, I amend my previous answer from Yoda to the brother in Basket Case, a movie I haven't seen to which I asked, do I need to watch it? And he said, no, no need to watch Basket Case. But he also answered this week's question. He had a few. He said, maybe change Top Gun so that Goose lives. And I would like that personally he goes on to say better still don't kill brando in the first godfather and that would be very interesting to see how the series would have played out if he never died that would be very interesting like what would have happened to fredo and then he goes on to say again in 12 monkeys i would have had bruce willis come back through time with some dipping dots in fact any movie in which people from the future travel back through time i would include dipping dots naked schwarzenegger Dippin' Dots. That's how you, how you know they're serious. Because, of course, everyone, we all know that Dippin' Dots are the ice cream of the future. That is a great idea. So, oh, that would have been really interesting to do in, like, the movie The Time Traveler's Wife. Because, you know, that that's that movie about this woman as a guy who has this relationship, but he bounces randomly through time, and he has no control over it. So just sometimes he'll have Dippin' Dots, and sometimes he won't. And so that's how you know if he's come from the past or the future. Then Doc Brown coming out going, Marty, there's a problem with your kids. And try these dipping dots. And in the episode of Supernatural when Balthazar goes back to stop the Titanic from sinking, like I have them be the one of the clues be a container of dipping dots found on the Titanic. Oh man, that is a great idea. Let us move on. And Anne had an answer, and what she would change, she said, the is the two rape scenes from The Hills Have Eyes. One and two. Because she she said what I I said previously uh, that the, it, the movies just don't need them and it just does it does nothing but take away from that. And I've thought about this for a while and there are just too many things I would change. Like maybe have Leonardo DiCaprio stand just a little more to the side at the end of The Departed. That would be cool. And you know what? I bet you I'm going to think of a lot more too. A lot more answers. Uh, you know what? S- save Han from dying in Fast and Furious Three. I would love that. I would l- have loved to see him in the latest films i'd love to see him keep going in the series and also in last samurai save hiroyuki sonata's character just just keep him alive just so i can imagine in my head this buddy buddy movie of Cruz and sonata going back to the village and to rebuild and being awesome and you, you know what while i did think of a lot let's just do two more um the last exorcism i would like it if the priest took it seriously quicker so maybe he could have done something and then also in titanic the mythbusters proved it both of them could have fit on that thing save jack for christ's sake all right that that was hard just to limit it to those i'll, I'll probably have more and you know what if you think of more any of you like it, 
hell, Brian Q, Frat Matt, any, anyone from somewhat nerdy, watch your mouth, anyone, if you think of them, just throw them in. I will keep doing this as long as you send them to me. But let us come up with a new question of the week. And you know what? Let's do this. This seems to be a popular thing where we take older actors, not even older per se, but sometimes it could be older. But okay, you know, and just reminded me of something. One more answer, a cure for wellness. Let's just take out that scene where Jason Isaac's character gets all creepy and incestual with uh, Mia Goth's character. Because that was a good movie. It would have been perfect if it didn't get like super creepy at the end, like really weird. Okay, but back to the new question. So we have the Taken movies. We have John Wick. We have The Equalizer. Now we have Peppermint. We have these movies where where actors have been around for a while are now becoming badasses in action films. Which actor or actress do you want to see return in a new series of badass revenge-style action flicks? Does it even have to be revenge-style, just badass action which actor or actress would you like to see it doesn't have to be someone older it could be someone new you're like oh this new actress who i saw in this movie i think she'd be great in this but if you can think of someone who's been around for a while so that is a question to reiterate which actor or actress would you like to see get their own series of john wick like action films so that is it for episode 103. Let us finish up with the housekeeping and get you along your way to listen to the rest of the shows on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Now, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars or a like, or if you'd share the podcast. Leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Someone Radio website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. That is Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Be sure to check out the Bromance Buddies for this show, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. Check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and all of my latest blogs and all the news there. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>